Okay. Uh, the city of Tijuana has become a popular destination for Americans seeking cheaper medicines and medical procedures, including cosmetic surgery. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, millions of U.S. residents participate in medical tourism each year. They often travel to Mexico and Canada, as well as countries in Central and South America and the Caribbean, said the CDC. Reasons for the medical tourism include lower costs, a preference for the culture or language of the country where the procedure is carried out, or to have treatment that is not available in the U.S. See, there's a reason why it's not available in the U.S. Uh, however, the CDC warns it can be a risky option because of questions over the quality and continuity of care as well as communication challenges. Ay ay ay. You don't want to want to go get a tummy tuck in Mexico or any other place that doesn't have the proper uh licensing. You know, some that you know, some things you just it seems like a routine situation and nobody's going to say oh yeah, we had somebody just pass away in here. Or we had somebody had complications in here, you know. No, no doctor is going to tell you that, so you got to be careful. The U.S. is your best bet. At least they're highly regulated, you know, in most cases. So, but hey, what do I know? Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to our next story here. Uh, holy smokes! Chick-fil-A workers sent over $100,000 in customer payments to their own accounts. Ay, ay, ay. Can't even go eat at Chick-fil-A anymore. Two former Chick-fil-A employees in Alabama have been charged with allegedly conspiring to defraud the company by diverting payments made at the fast food restaurant where they work directly into their own bank accounts. Holy smokes. Larry James Black Jr., 37, of Centerpoint, the former director of hospitality at Chick-fil-A in the Five Points area of Birmingham, and Joshua Daniel Powell, 40, of Moody, a former manager at the same location, have been charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and wire fraud. Holy smokes. <sighs> what is going on, man? People are stealing from Chick-fil-A? Uh... Black is also charged with bank fraud and misuse of social security number. The pair allegedly have devised and implemented a scheme to divert hundreds of thousands of dollars in customer payments between April 2018 and January 2020. The Chick-fil-A employees use fraudulent email and digital payment accounts to trick customers and divert payments for food orders and other restaurant sales into bank accounts which were under their personal control, according to a 16-count indictment announced by a joint statement issued Wednesday by U.S. Attorney. Oh, man, when the feds got you, they got you. Prim F. Escalana and Secret Service, oh, the Secret Service, Secret Service Special Agent in Charge, Patrick M. Davis. Oh, man, these two guys are done. That is it. Yeah, the friends don't even uh, take the car out of the garage unless they know exactly where they're going to end up. So, holy smokes. Uh, holy smokes, Batman. During this time, Black is also alleged to, oh, it's worse? It gets worse? Oh, man. 
Uh, Black is also alleged to have made a series of fraudulent representations to financial institutions, including a mortgage loan, which he applied for in January 2020. As part of his loan package, Black forged payroll records and made misrepresentations regarding his income from working at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, Chick-fil-A was going to miss a hundred grand. Yeah. Uh, Black also allegedly provided a fake social security number to banks and credit unions where he held accounts into which the money from Chick-fil-A fraud scheme would be deposited. Black and Powell both face a maximum of 20 years in prison for conspiracy to commit wire fraud and a maximum of 20 years in prison for wire fraud. Holy smokes. Uh, Black also faces a max, maximum of 30 years. Oh, man, another 30 years in prison for bank fraud as well as a maximum of five years in prison for misuse of a Social Security number. U.S. Secret Service Cyber Fraud Task Force investigated the case. U.S. Attorney Edward J. Cantor is prosecuting. Chick-fil-A has been contacted for comment. The chicken sandwich specialist is one of the largest fast food chains in the country with more than 2,600 stores currently located in the U.S. Holy smokes. It has faced a backlash in the past over CEO Dan Cathy's opposition to gay marriage and donating to anti-LGBTQ plus charities. I, yay, yay. Well, for those of you guys out there that's uh, slick like a wet hen, I don't know, I don't, I don't get how you ain't going to, how they thought Chick-fil-A wasn't going to miss a hundred grand. Who's not going to miss a hundred thousand dollars? I mean, come on, man. Who, who, who's not going to miss that? Only, only uh, somebody on Wall Street's not going to miss that. Any other place on in the U.S., they're going to miss a hundred grand. But I guess these guys were just stupid, super stupid. They thought, hey, you know, <laughs> some kind of way, uh, Chick Fil A wasn't going to miss this hundred grand that we just stole. That we left a a, a, a a digital trail right to our front door. Anyway, 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 I guess, you know, people think they're so smart, man, until they get caught, man. You think you're so smart until the whole thing unravels. Anyway, let's keep moving. Uh, in sports, oh, man, um, I'm sad to say, I'm sad to say. That uh, let me move this down here to sports, man. Oh man, I, you know what? I don't, I don't have it here. Uh, let me say in sports, uh, a good friend of mine. I went to elementary school, junior high school, and high school with this young man. A good friend of mine, Courtney Hall, captain of the nineteen ninety four Super Bowl team. 1994 Chargers Super Bowl team died uh, at 52. Uh, Hall was born in Los Angeles but played his prep football at Banning High, Go Pilots, in Wilmington, California. At the young age of 16, Hall graduated high school. Yeah, he was a very smart dude. I remember when 
we were in elementary. I think it was elementary where they skipped him twice. Um, I went to school with him all through through, through elementary. All I mean, I've known this dude since the third grade. Uh, good dude, man. Good dude. Him and his brother Rod. Good dudes. Good dudes. Both of them. Um, his brother Rod was a couple years older, but he was in the same grade with his brother Rod. So you know, um, but because he had got skipped up to that to that grade, um, I forgot exactly which grade they actually which which year they actually did. They just double jumped him. But anyway, um, Hall graduated high school and went on to play for Rice. I remember that where he went. He was a four year letterman from eighty five to um, eighty eight. He started all 44 possible games in his career and was named first-team All-SWC selection as both a junior and a senior. After being drafted by the Bolts, Hall started every single one of his 118 contests he played in during his eight-year career in the NFL. Following his retirement from football, Hall went on to earn a joint JD and MBA from the University of Chicago Law School and University of Chicago Booth School of Business. In in 2015, Courtney received the Gerald R. Ford Legends Award, which is presented to a former collegiate or professional center who, in addition to standout football careers, has also made significant contributions to football and or business communities or through philanthropic endeavors. In 2019, Hall was inducted into the Southwest Conference Hall of Fame, our thoughts and prayers are with Courtney and the rest of his family and friends. Yeah, I was one of those friends and uh, just a good dude, man. It's, you know, his him and his brother Rod, they were just good dudes, man. Really good dudes. Really, really good dudes, man. Sorry to hear that about my man Courtney, man. He was a very good dude. If you Anybody that knows Courtney, you know, I, I, I like good dudes like that. Another good friend of mine was, um, was uh, Chadwick Bozeman. That was another good dude, man. He was very; those two guys have very similar personalities, very, very similar personalities, man. Very jovial, but really, if they didn't know you, they kind of kept to themselves unless you came to them. They weren't the kind of people that went to you to talk to you uh, most of the time. They were kind of like, you know, just in the in the background. And but now, if they saw somebody needed help, that's when they would step out of their comfort zone. They they felt they could help somebody, and Courtney was the same way. You know, yeah, man. Uh, that that was that was he was a good dude, man. Good dude, good dude, good dude. Sorry to hear it, man. My prayers go out to his brother Rod and uh, his whole family, man. And uh, I hope they can, um, I hope they can some kind of way, you know, move on with their lives and keep him in their prayers. You know, sometimes. <clears throat> Let me say this to y'all. Sometimes, you know, we have people in our lives, man, and we don't even think about, you know, you don't have no, you don't even remember them. And they did so much for us. They did so much. You don't even have a picture of that person in your house. or You don't even have a picture of them on your person or nothing. You don't have nothing, man, of these people. And here these people did so much for you. They did so much for you. Man, go on and get you a picture of your mama in your house. Get a picture of your father. I know you say, oh, my father wasn't the kind of guy that, you know, that's okay. Did he, did he, 
make financially provide for you, or maybe he wasn't, you know, the, the guy you wanted him to be. But if he provided for you, he made it so you could go to college. You could go to college and you can go to school and you had clothes and, you know, you had a place to sleep and food in your belly. Then you need to remember that man. Same thing with your mother. Same thing with your mother. You need to do like Minister Farrakhan said. On your birthday, you need to call your mama and thank your mama. Tell your mama, happy birthday. Thank you, mama, for what you did for me. Because your mother had to pass through death to bring you and give you life. She had to pass through death. All right? Anyway, moving on, man. Sorry to hear about that, man. Pray for you. Pray for your family court. Man, Rod, if you out there, you hit me up, man. You can hit me up. Uh, moving on. All right, man, it's that time. It's that time, and uh, it's the time we got to do it, man, where, you know, we talk about the hip parade, people on the Me Too hip parade. This is just, a, you know, the part of where I tell you guys every week, how to try to be more um, safer in your dealings with women. And every week I got to come, I, 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 I actually have to stop at a certain point. So many people that I could put out here, I could put about 10 or 12 people on this thing, but I have to stop the list at about three or four. And then I end up only going about two deep because it's just so sad. We're talking about the same thing over and over and over again. Anyway, Let's move on. Uh, Mr. Deshaun Watson. Uh, the answer to the question of whether we are seeing, saying that all 22 plaintiffs are lying about the allegations of sexual misconduct by Mr. Watson is a resounding yes. I guess that's his lawyer. Um, now they got 22 people coming for this dude, Deshaun Jackson. See, that's the bad thing about it, man. Once one comes up, then, then the, you know, the whole, it's like the graveyard, man. Everybody comes up out of the graveyard, and all the skeletons comes up, and they come out, man, and they just demand to, they they they, they go for the money grab. They go for the money grab. Uh, Nobody wants to be the last one in line, you know what I mean? Uh, The case, the case is, plural, against Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson returns to court on Thursday for a status conference. And in an apparent uh, response to the accusation from uh, Watson's side that all the plaintiffs are lying, the attorney, attorney Busby, their attorney, attorney Bu- Tony Busby, says most of his clients will personally appear at the hearing. Oh, oh man, you know, just cut the check, Mr. Watson. Cut the check. This is not going to end well. You need to really sit down with everybody and cut a check. Just cut a big check. What you, you you're going to play a whole year just to pay this, make this thing go away. So you might you, you, there's no way of getting out of this one. You're going to have to cut a check. Twenty two, maybe two, but twenty two, you're going to have to cut a check, buddy. Uh, via Mark Berman of Fox Twenty Six in Houston, Busby said that. Twelve of the twenty-two plaintiffs 
have insisted on being present oh, being present for the hearing because they were called liars by Watson's attorney. Oh no. Now now they got another incentive to be there and really put some uh you know, put put some spice on the social situation. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh man, holy smokes. Oh man, uh the reference point is this. Today we answered the lawsuits filed against our client, Deshaun Watson. Attorney Rush Harden said in the statement, Mr. Watson has been adamant that he did not engage in any improper conduct, and we strongly believe him. Therefore, the answer to the question of whether we are saying that all 22 princes are lying, the allegations of sexual misconduct by Mr. Watson is the resounding yes. The answer to the question, holy smokes, the answer to the question of whether we are saying that all 22 lying about the allegations is resounding yes. We have been careful in choosing our words and covering the case of the Houston, Texas star and accusations of sexual assault he is facing. Oh, man. But Watson is now using the term money grab. Well, I'm sure money can make this situation go away, and that's what you should do at this point. You you know, whether you did it or not, it's time to make it go away because, uh, you know, this is not going to be a good, this is not going to end well. Um, if you don't do that, that's the, that's about the best way you can make this go away. Mr. Watson is to go ahead and, uh, give up the money, cut the check. Cause, uh, you are in deep doo doo 22 plaintiffs. Ay, ay, ay. You are absolutely up shit Creek. Uh, and Harden is using terms like misleading, fraudulent and slanderous. Watson 25 has his football career in limbo as he is facing over 20, allega- 20 allegations of sexual assault and misconduct as the proceedings continue. Harden, though, asserts that he has found more information to defend the Houston Texans quarterback as a- assertions and assertions of innocence. Doesn't matter, bro. You too. This, uh, this thing is so ugly, man. You never, you ain't going to win. Even if you win, you don't win, man. You just cut the check. Cut the check. Deshaun Watson, cut the check. You're going to just give up a whole year of playing football just to pay these people off, but it's better than being convicted of any of this stuff and having your name dragged through the mud because this is not going to end well. Uh, it was Monday. It was on Monday that Harden's staff filed its uh, response to allegations of sexual misconduct against a football star. In the response, multiple claims suggest that several women have fabricated their experiences with Watson. Doesn't matter, bro. Doesn't matter. A woman can say anything in court, and all you got to do is start crying. That's it. You're a dead duck. You might as well put dirt on top of you right then, uh, stating that seven women even offered to work with Watson again after their alleged encounters. That don't mean nothing. Telling you, you don't understand, man. Women can do whatever they want to do. This this situation is bad, man. Um. Let me see. I got some comments here. Uh, Mr. Sir. And, uh, okay, nothing there. Where's the actual research? More than an article by a white. Uh, more than a, more than an article by a white. Uh, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Or hopefully you'll come back and we'll say, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't matter whether you don't understand the power that women have in the court system. You just don't understand, bro. It doesn't matter. The media and the court system, they're looking for any man 
to be able to lynch. This is a digital lynching right here, and they're going to digitally lynch this man. You don't, you don't have to have no, a woman doesn't have to have no research. A woman doesn't have to have no, they don't have to have no, uh, what do you call it? They don't have to have no uh, proof. It's just the fact that they can drag your name. Just the, just the accusation is enough. But see, you guys are young, man. A lot of times you guys are young. You don't know. You don't realize how this game goes. The best thing you can do is get your get your act together, man. Get your act together. Don't, don't, don't play this game. I told you. I gave you the three steps of how you can win. How you how you can win better. See, because once one comes, that's it. It's gonna be like a river coming against you. Anyway, man. I mean, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I don't know. I guess I guess old boy was trying to make it sound like it's some kind of conspiracy against him because he's black. I, I I have no idea, but I know this much. Nobody can point you out at the scene of the crime if you're not there. So don't be there. How about that? How about that? These women are dangerous. I, that was the whole point of last week. The last week's uh, podcast is that they're dangerous. They're dangerous. And every and we got to go through this over and over again, over and over again. These women are dangerous. Now look at Deshaun Watson, man. He's he's done. He is done. There's no. This is not going to end good. Let's if his lawyers see, he doesn't even realize how bad of a situation he's in. His lawyers are going to try to drag this out so they can get money from him. They're gonna they're going to drag him through this situation just to get more money from him. If his lawyers were really on his side. They would sit him down and convince him to just start cutting these checks. Just say, "Hey, we're gonna give every, we're gonna just get every, cut everybody a check, and that's it." Because these women are gonna say, "Hey, I need to get, you need to take care of me." Okay, how much? And make everybody go away, and you just give up a whole year, five or six million bucks, to pay off all these people. It is what it is, man. But now you know. Hey, you can't. You got to watch where you go and watch who you with. That's why I say you got to make sure you got the right kind of chemistry with somebody, man. Because if you don't have the right kind of chemistry, man, this is the kind of stuff that's going to happen to you. This ain't about no white and black. This ain't, this ain't got nothing to do with white and black. He wouldn't even be in a situation to even be asking that question if he hadn't played himself. I know I played myself before too. And if I probably would have made a ton of money, I'm sure I could have a, a billion more women coming at me. But now I can't say I, I I'm, I'm going to say what was going on with me. I was a deem I was filled with demons. Now I don't know what was going on with him. He probably got demons too, but I was completely overtaken with demons. So I'm not to say that's an excuse but I was unable to see a where to get. I was a righteous person on in my mind, but in my behavior, I wasn't righteous. I wasn't able to 
make my righteousness known through my deeds because of the demon and the, 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 the demons that I had controlling my thinking process. And I hope Deshaun Watson is able to walk away from this situation, man. But I'm 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 old enough to know that this is not going to end well, man. You're going to have to cut. You might you're going to have to cut a check sooner or later. You might as well do it sooner than later, because the later the later you do it, the more expensive it's going to get, and uh, uh, it's just going to be an ugly situation. Anyway, anyway. Uh, let's 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 uh let's go to the next one here. Who's next on the hit parade here? Oh my gosh, another Catholic priest. Former priest pleads not guilty in sexual assault of young boys. Ouch, man! People still taking their children to that place, man. Ouch. Anyway, a former Catholic priest accused of lewd acts with four boys, pleaded not guilty on Friday. The accusations of crimes happened in the mid-1990s, oh, and in and 2000, in Redondo and Palmdale. The former priest, 58-year-old Christopher John Cunningham, was charged on April 2nd with 12 felony counts of lewd acts on a child under the age of 14. Oh, man. Terrible. Uh, the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office said he was an associate pastor at St. Mary's Catholic Church in Palmdale and worked at St. La- Lawrence Martyr Catholic Church in Redondo Beach at the time of the alleged crimes. Ouch. Oh, yeah. The victims were innocent children who have spent most of their lives with the trauma caused by the alleged the abuse in, alleged in this case, the district attorney, George Gaston, said in a statement about the charges, my office is committed to holding accountable anyone who abuses and takes advantage of our children, especially when they hold a position of trust. Cunningham is being held on $2.2 million bail, and he is due back in court on May 12th. Yeah, you're going to sit in that. You're going you're gonna to rot there, buddy. You're going to rot there. Oh, man. That's a sad situation right there. Sad situation. Oh, I know you guys thought it was over, but but there's more. Hold on. There's more. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's another one. Here's another another uh, of your legislators. Uh, woman alleged mis- sexual misconduct against North Carolina GOP lawmaker as his biography is under new scrutiny. Uh... Representative Madison Crawthorne is facing legends of allegations of sexual harassment and misconduct by several women who say that he put them in an uncomfortable situation when he was at college. Oh, man. Come on, man. In college? Oh. And with the former classmates detailing to CNN on Monday how the rising star of the conservative right would use fun drives as a way to make unwanted advances on them. Allegations of sexual misconduct by Crawthon, who at at age 20, 25 is the youngest member of Congress, have allowed him since he launched his run for North Carolina's 11th Congressional District, but the claims have gained renewed attention 
as the freshman congressman's popularity has steadily increased in some Republican corners following his move earlier this year to Washington, where he has closely aligned himself with some of his far-right colleagues and former President Donald Trump's lie that the November election was illegitimate. Carthon has repeatedly denied wrongdoing since the allegations first surfaced and his office appointed CNN to his office appointed CNN to a September 20 statement from the lawmaker which said, I have never done anything sexually inappropriate in my life. The women alleging misconduct against the congressman are former classmates of his at Patrick Henry College in Virginia. Carthon attended the private Christian school for a short time in 2016 before dropping out, and it was during that time that the women say he made unwanted advances on them. His MO was to take vulnerable women out on these rides with him in the car and to make advances. Katie Caton Coulter, one of Crawthorne's corner classmates, told CNN in an interview. Coulter said when she was taking she was taking on something Crawford's called a fun drive where he asked her about her purity ring and her sexual experiences. She said she felt something was off and shut down the conversation. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. So now they're going back to college on you. Oh, man. Oh, man. Not pretty. Not pretty. Not pretty. What else I got here? What else I got here? Uh, oh, man. Let me read this one. Uh, British Act and Film uh, Association suspends British actor amid sexual assault allegations. The British Academy of Film and Television Arts has suspended British actor and filmmaker Noel Clark after a new report detailed allegations of sexual harassment, sexual assault, and bullying over from over 20 women. Clark, 45, has denied all of the allegations of sexual misconduct. The British newspaper, The Guardian, published a report detailing allegations from 20 women who had professional relationships with Clark. They reportedly accused Clark of forced kissing, groping, professional misconduct, sexual harassment through unsolicited lewd messages, bullying, and secretly filming naked auditions from 2004 to 2019. Oh, man. I keep telling you guys. I keep telling you guys, there is no slick way to do this no more. There is no slick way to do this no more. Yes, women have made um, actually being involved with them much easier, but they've also made it much easier for them to be able to go to the government and ask the government to do something to you if you if if they put you to the side and then you end up famous or rich. The government gives them, this is their way to claw back, do a claw back on you. 
Uh, he sexually mistreated me. Uh, why you didn't go to the authorities at that time? Oh, I, uh, you know, but what difference does it make? Once the accusation is made, it's like somebody saying, you know, you, 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 you raped them. Even if you didn't, even if it was consensual and you know, it was consensual and it gets proven that it was consensual. Just the accusation alone, man, you're done. You're done. Anyway, this guy doesn't denies, of course, the, the, the allegations, but the, the, it's done. They suspended the guy just on the accusations. Guy suspended. Can't make any money now. I keep telling you guys. I keep telling you guys. Man, it's, it's, don't even get this kind of stuff started. Approach every woman as though you're approaching a box of dynamite. I'm serious because that's how dangerous they are. That's how that's how deadly they are. They can blow your life up just like a, a box of dynamite can blow you up and make your life worth nothing. Really. Look at all the men out there that made those mistakes and did all that stupid stuff. See, a woman can make those same mistakes. A woman can make those same mistakes. Nothing. If, if guys start coming out like I said, you know, last time, a woman could come out and they could say, uh, you know, the whole, she could have slept with the whole uh, L.A. Rams. Each one of the Rams players start coming out and telling their truth. You know, the, the, women, the women's empowerment movement will come out and stop those dudes from talking about it. Even if they're going out to the police and saying, yeah, this lady intimidated me to be sexual with her. They'll go to the police and they'll go to them to, and say, hey, you got to stop it. You're intimidating this person. What? I'm telling my truth. No, nah, no, nah, you're intimidating her. But, man, you can't do that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I keep telling you guys, man, this is the landscape you in. You keep approaching these women like they say, like they little flowers. They're not little flowers, bro. They are, they are ticking time bombs. They are grenades just waiting for the pin to be pulled. And they're ticking time bombs. Some of them will wait ten years. Some of them will wait twenty years. Some of them will wait thirty years. Some will wait five years. Some will wait two years. But they're ticking time bombs, man. They're time bombs. And just with an accusation, they can get the support of so many people and they can kill your career. That's why in 2021, let's stop it. Let's don't have nobody else get on the hit parade no more. Don't do nothing else. Now, most of the stuff is coming is from years ago. So let's keep it that way. Let's keep the guys that's coming up on the hit parade. Let's keep it to... Guys that did stuff years ago. You guys don't do nothing new. I'm telling you, man, you do something, you walk away from it, and you think, oh, man, you know, we was a mutually, we, we were we were, had a mutually expressive thing. No, you didn't. You probably did not. Unless she verbally expressed to you and, you know, that, that she was interested in something like that too by building, by building that sexual tension with you. 
Let us pray the penalty. I mean, it's just it's just a bad it's a bad situation. Bad situation. And excuse me for a second. And uh I feel like you guys that don't wanna you guys that don't wanna listen, this is where you're gonna end up at. Either either paying out money or going to jail or both. And ruining your whole career. For what? For what? Just because you had to have this woman? Anyway, I don't want to go on and on about that, man. Because we got a lot to get to, man. We got a we got a hell of a show today, man. So let's get get to it. Uh where are we at now? Where are we at now? Uh let's do sneaking in the movies. Sneaking in the movies, a good movie that you guys should see. It's an old black exploitation movie. It's called Uptown Saturday Night, starring Bill Cosby and Sidney Poitier. It's a good movie. It's it's a movie uh, showing the adventures of two buddies, uh, and one of the buddies uh, had a winning lotto ticket that was stolen when he went one night to go and live it up at uh, Madame Zenobia's place. It got stolen, and, they, and, and all the trials and tribulations they go through trying to get the wallet back so they can get that winning lotto ticket back. Anyway, it's a good, it's a good funny movie, man. A lot of, a lot of stars, man. A lot of comedians from back in the day. A lot of stars from back in the day, man. It's good. It's good. You know, good wholesome movie, man. You can watch it with your family, and uh, you know, unfortunately today in today's situation, we don't have any. Family is not that important to black people anymore. It used to be. We used to be really big on family, man, but uh, with the help of uh, welfare and uh, the women's empowerment movement, family is, uh, and, and, oh, and the family courts system, they just destroyed our families, man, just decimated our families, and now it's just, we don't, we don't pray together, we don't eat together, we don't talk together, we don't do nothing together, man. We don't do hardly anything together anymore. I mean, as a group, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that are doing these things, but I mean, you know, on a mass scale. So we got so many people out there, man. We got so many young men out there, you know, just doing involved in criminal activity. And we got some of so many our young girls. I told, I showed y'all the stat that said that uh, black young black girls are the most likely um, statistically to start having sex before the age of twelve. Black women have the highest, uh, they have the biggest statistical chance of having sex before the age of 12 years old. Now, somebody that has sex before the age of 12 years old, I mean, in this society, you know, it used to be in in other societies where that ain't no problem. But in this society, that's going to be a problem because you're supposed to be trying to get your education at least up to 18 years old. If you're out there having sex, eventually you're gonna get somebody's gonna ring the bell, and you're gonna get caught up. I mean, it just doesn't make no sense. That's why you know we need more family movies. Uptown Saturday Night is a good family movie. We need we need more images since uh, black people are more of an image driven people. We need more images of our people 
being together, doing things together, riding for each other, and not for no dumb shit, but riding for each other to try to get, uh, you know, ahead in life. Because, man, I'm tell you something, man. The most important thing in life is your family. Family is important, man. And you'll see if you get old enough or you get into a situation like Black Rob, the brother Black Rob that just passed away, DMX, those two brothers that passed away. You know, DMX probably held on long because he had he finally met somebody who was able to deal with him, and he had come. To, you know, he had finally slowed down off of a lot of the stuff that he was doing, but you know, he just couldn't kick that habit. Black Rob, on the other hand, was out here, man, by himself. You know what I mean? He he was by himself, and people were mad at Puffy and Bad Boy because they wasn't paying for him. Why should Puffy and Bad Boy pay for Black Rob. Black Rob was a grown man. Why, why should they? See, well, Black Rob didn't take care of his business. Now, same people that said, oh, well, you know, Black Rob, you, you should be paying for Black Rob, right? These will be the same people that will say, no, nah, I don't want to date no single mother because I don't want to have to pay for her. Well, shit, you know, make up your mind. You can't have both opinions. <laughs> I mean, you know. Basically, the same situation as a black as a, as a as a single mom. She didn't take care of her business. She didn't she she didn't use her beauty to land somebody who would be a good provider for her and her offspring. So now she's the family's problem, right? She's a you know she's the family's problem, and everybody has to pitch in to help her, right? Here's Black Rob, same thing, man. He didn't take care of his business. He didn't take care of his business, man. So that's a lesson, man, not to throw rocks at DMX or Black Rob. But it's a lesson, man. Don't let this man have died in vain, man. It's a lesson for us all. Take care of your business. Do you have life insurance? Is it paid? Is it current? Do you have retirement? Do you have a retirement situation set up? Come on, man. See, we as black people, we got to get ourselves together, man. You got to get yourself together. Black Rob died. Basically, with nothing. With nothing. You got family out there, man. Now, what are they supposed to do? How are they supposed to bury you? They've got to dig in their pocket to bury you? Oh, no. They're going to go stick up uh, Sean Combs and the rest of Bad Boy organization. They're going to stick them up and say, it's your responsibility to take care of this man's. It's not. It's not Puff Daddy's responsibility to take care of Black Rob. It was Black Rob's responsibility to take care, of, unless they had something in writing that said he was going to do it. But I don't think they did. They just saying you should do it just from a homeboy standpoint. No, that doesn't. That's not always the case. Or they digging in. They looking in his pocket, saying your pockets are fat enough to pay for a funeral for him. That's beside the point. That's beside the point. Because once he start doing it, then everybody's going to be coming to him saying, you got to pay for my funeral too. You pay for Black Rob's funeral, now you got to pay for my funeral. Everybody's going to come to him for money. You know how, man, when you got money like that, dude, you, know how, you, you realize how many people are coming to you on a daily basis asking you for money? 
you have to be you have to learn the art of saying no. And people say you're a bad person. You're supposed to you're supposed to spend your money till you poor as me. No, the best way you help poor people is to not join them. Don't get in their way. You're trying to tell them how to not be poor, and they're telling you they don't want to hear 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 about it from you. Then the best thing you can do is get out of their way. Right? I think uh, it was what's the, what's his name? Uh, Sun Tzu, the Art of War. Good book. Read that book. Good book. He said the worst thing you can do is interrupt your enemy when he's in the middle of making a mistake. You see him making a mistake, and you go and you make a move, and then he he corrects himself, and then now you got a now you got a situation on your hands. You see him making a move, and he's ultimately going to make a mistake. Let him go and do it. Let him think he won the fight. No problem. He'll ultimately lose the war because he made that mistake. Happened to Hitler. Yeah. It happened to the Russians in Afghanistan. Thought they had it made. Anyway, going on and on and on. See, go watch that movie, Uptown Saturday Night. It's a good movie. Where we at now? Okay. Oh, man, we almost had an hour already. Holy smokes. Okay. Got to get moving, y'all. Got to get moving. All right. Uh, let's get to the Black History Minute. And uh, the Black History Minute is who we got up? Ozzie Davis. Ozzie Davis. Rayford Chapman Davis, better known as Ozzie Davis, was born in Codgedale, Georgia, the son of King Chan- King Charles Davis, a railway construction engineer, and his wife Laura. And his wife Laura. Uh, he inadvertently became known as Ozzie when his birth certificate was being filed and his mother pronounced pronunciation of his name of R. C. Davis was misheard by the courthouse clerk in Clinch County, Georgia. Davis experienced racism from an early age when the KKK threatened to shoot his father, whose job they felt was too advanced for a black man to have. <sighs> See, y'all forget this. See, y'all can just walk in now. Y'all can just walk into a place, get an application, or you not even walk in. You can just do it online. You can do it online, and you you don't have no remembrance of these type of things that's happened when you try to get a, a decent job, and uh, uh, some white people would be like, nah, you shouldn't be getting a job like that because I ain't got no job like that. And they, a lot of them couldn't even read, and they mad at this man because he can read, and they saying he, he thinks he's an uppity person because he can read. I mean, just all kind of crazy stuff. Anyway... His siblings included scientist William Davis, social worker Essie Morgan Davis, pharmacist Kenneth Curtis Davis, and biology teacher James Davis. Following the wishes of his parents, he attended Howard University, HU, but dropped out in 1939 to fulfill his desire for an acting career in New York after a recommendation by Alan Elaine Locke. He Later attended Columbia University School of General Studies. His acting career began in 1939 with the Rose McClendon Players in Harlem. During World War II, Davis served in the United States Army in the medical course. He made his film debut in 1950 in the Sydney Portier film, No Way Out. Uh, when Davis wanted to pursue a career in acting, he ran into the 
usual roadblocks that black people suffered at that time, as they generally could not portray stereotypical, generally could only portray stereotypical characters such as Step and Fetch It. Instead, maybe I'll do Step and Fetch It soon. Uh, instead, he tried to follow the example of Sidney Poitier and play more distinguished characters. When he found it necessary to play a Pullman Porter or a Butler, he played those characters realistically, not as a caricature. In addition to acting, Davis, along with Melvin Van Peoples and Gordon Parks, was one of the notable black directors of his generation. He directed movies such as Gordon's War, Black Girl, and Cotton Comes to Harlem. Along with Bill Cosby and Portier, Davis was one of a handful of black actors able to find commercial success while avoiding stereotypical roles prior to 1970, which black actors able uh, which include which also included a significant role in the 1965 movie The Hill, alongside Sean Connery, plus roles in The Cardinal and The Scalp Hunters. However, Davis never had the tremendous commercial or critical success that Cosby or Portier enjoyed. As a playwright, Davis wrote Paul Robeson, All-American, which is frequently performed in theater programs for young audiences. In 1976, Davis appeared on Muhammad Ali's novelty album for children, The Adventures of Ali and His Gang versus Mr. Tooth the Gay. <laughs> Ozzie Davis at 1963, Civil Rights March on Washington. Uh, it was a picture of him there. Uh, Davis found recognition late in life by working in several direct of director Spike Lee's films, including Do the Right Thing, Jungle Fever, She Hate Me, and Get on the Bus. He has found work as a commercial voiceover artist and served as the narrator of the early 1990s CBS sitcom Evening Shade, but starring Burt Reynolds, where he also played one of the residents of a small southern town. Uh, in 1999, Davis appeared as a theater caretaker in the Trans-Siberian Orchestra film The Ghost of Christmas Eve, which was released on DVD two years later. For many years, he hosted the National Memorial Day concert from Washington, D.C. He voiced Nancy the Spider on the PBS children's television series Sesame Street in its animation segments. Davis' last role was a several-episode guest role on the Showtime drama series The L Word as, father, as a father struggling with the acceptance of his daughter, Bet Jennifer Beals, parenting a child with her lesbian partner in his final episodes. His character was taken ill and died. His wife, Ruby D, was present during the filming of his own death scene. That episode, which aired shortly after Davis's own death, aired with a dedication to the actor. After Davis's passing, actor Dennis Haybert portrayed him in the 2015 film Experimentor. Uh, you also know that uh, Ozzy Davis's wife was... Ruby D, they did a lot of acting. They did a lot of work together with Spike Lee uh, on those movies that he said. So Ozzy Davis, that's a Black History Minute. But hey, that's me saying it. Go check it out for yourself, right? Ozzy Davis, a good dude. Moving on. What Bill Burr say? 
plowing ahead, plowing ahead your money. Today's this week's job of the week. Today's job of the week is a web developer. The median salary is $73,000. Educated needed an associate's degree. Job growth of 8%. Uh, web developers blend a unique set of technical and creative skills to design and develop and build websites. This is a high-demand job that you can find in a variety of agencies or businesses, or you can even strike out on your own as a freelancer if you're willing to make solid connections. And the pay is great. Uh, if you're going to have a, a decent life in America, you're going to need money. So you might as well focus on what you need to build your life, right? Remember the three little pigs? The big bad wolf and the three little pigs? Well, one pig focused on straw. Men look good. But when it came down to it, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, strong enough to withstand the bad people that's out there. The next pig focused on sticks. They looked a little stronger, but and it was easier to work with than bricks, but it still wasn't strong enough to deal with what was out there. The only pig that was smart enough to deal with the reality of the situation that they was dealing with was the pig that made his house of bricks. And bricks was the only thing that could stop the, the the situation outside from getting inside. Okay? How does that relate to you? Focus on your putting focus on your financial freedom. But I want a woman. Women will find you when you focus on your financial freedom, bro. They will find you. And when you achieve that, they'll find you. They'll find you. But see, you don't have faith. You got to have faith that they will. You think you're going to get passed up. I'm in my prime. I, I said, okay. You really want to You really want to go out there and expose yourself to the situation you got out there now? I just read you the Me Too movement. I just read you the hip parade. And that's nothing, bro. I have to I have to I have to pick the ones that I think that are the most relevant. There there there's so many. Bro, I can just, there's so many. I have to cut it down. I always have to cut it down to about two or three of them. Cuz it's just so it's just too many. And every week it's more. It's different people every week. Whatever man got a little fame or money, they coming after you. There ain't no man that's innocent out there. But my point is this. Focus on, don't don't focus on women. Don't focus on women. That people that's really a risk takers and, and people that are really, uh, you know, they got, they got time to burn on, on chasing women. Let them do that. You, especially you black dudes, man, you guys ain't got no time to burn. The white boys, they are, they're number one on the hit. They're number one on the selection list. If you was to go to, um, almost all women would select the white boy first. So the white boy got time to play. White people, the white boys got time to play. Nothing against y'all, man. You know, have, you know, play a game. But they got time to play. 
Asians, same thing, man. You know, a lot of women would choose them. Same thing with the Latino brothers. A lot of a lot of women would choose them. But you, brother, you 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 practically last on the list. They choose you for a roll in the hay, and that'll be about it. But they burning up all your time for you to be dedicating to your craft. They burning up your time. I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to give you a different mentality, other than. Oh, I got to be chasing all these women. They wasting your time. If you black, they wasting your time. Everybody else, they got time. Because in the, in the white society, white women know that they go, to their, they go to their people. They know they go there. But our people, they don't go. They don't go. So it becomes a tragedy. It becomes a tragedy. It really does. We're going to take a break. We're going to take an intermission. I'm going to come right back in our intermission.
All right. Back in the game. Had to go make a restroom run. Um, now, after actually, now we're going to go and go into our lead topic. Who is responsible for creating single mothers in the black community? Who is responsible for this? Right? So, let's let's go into let's go into it. Now, in the black community, we have many single mothers. Unfortunately, it's not a good thing because with single motherhood comes uh, crime increases and uh, families go away. And that's where we're at now. When the women's empowerment movement came in in its late 60s and 70s and 80s, now we're seeing the results of that movement. We're seeing the results of that situation coming in. So how do we, what do we do? What do we do? How do we get this back right? Well, first of all, who's responsible? Is it the women? Is it the single mom herself? Is she somehow responsible for creating herself? Is she self-created like God? I don't think so. I don't think so. So then how is a single mother created? Can I give you some info on how a single mother is created? A single mother is created when a man shares his essence with a fertile woman. Once a man shares his essence with a fertile woman, who is in the who is in the ovulating cycle of life, and you know how they say it in the street, a little more graphic. He shoots up the club. That's how you get single mothers. But we have a lot of brothers on this channel, on this on this YouTube thing. They say single mothers are. They talk about single mothers as if they are self-created. You can't have a single mother unless you have somebody donating their essence to that single mother. So what happens when you give your essence? Because some people say, well, a single mother, you know, she got all these different ways. And then at the last minute, she can have an abortion. True. Science has come a long way to where uh, it's practically... Not she's 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 in most instances not risking her own life to end a pregnancy anymore, which was supposed to that was that was the the the, the thinking process of the chick that made it made that and, and, and developed Planned Parenting. It was to control the African American population. That was the purpose for what it was. It was supposed to be for abortion was supposed to be for that. It was supposed to control the black population. 
it was supposed to be an option for black mothers so that white people wouldn't be getting outnumbered in these rural counties. However, however, once white women got a hold of it, they used it to be able to now explore their sexual um, conquests and, and, but at the same time, be able to keep themselves um, not from being mothers so that they could uh, pursue their career. Right? So this was something that, I forgot that lady's name. This is something that, is, look the lady that, 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 that came up with Planned Parenthood, that lady. Uh, she, this was something that her and her supporters didn't anticipate. They didn't anticipate that white women would go ahead and. Hey, where are the white women at? They wouldn't. They they didn't. They didn't anticipate that white women would use it as a birth control mechanism and stop um, use it to go out there and enjoy all these sexual exploits and be able to still be able to go ahead and get rid of a baby or two and then be able to still pursue their career. So that was supposed to be the last option on the, on the list. However, however, like I said, they didn't anticipate that white women, but white women have taken the abortion and used it as a way to get around having to, um, protect their uh, protect the mileage on their vagina. They don't have to protect the mileage on their vagina because now even if their club gets all shot up, they can just go to the abortion clinic. Not just them, I mean all women. I'm just saying that the Planned Parenthood abortion clinics were designed with controlling the Latin and black populations. I don't think the Asian population was hitting them that hard, so they weren't even focusing on them. They were focusing on us because our birth rates were just skyrocketing. And it just got out of control in the 60s. After the 60s, 70s, and 80s, it just got ridiculously out of control, just out of control. Single parenthood just exploded in the 80s. And 90s. And now we're seeing the results of it. Math test scores down. English test scores down. Technology test scores down. America just coming apart at the seams. Just coming apart at the seams. Poverty up. It's, I mean, and, and like I said, it depends on whose numbers you're looking at. But if you just look at the, the country at large, situation is bad. Situation is bad. I mean, the understanding of the people. Now, is that is that all single mother's fault? No, because see, a single mother can't. Excuse me. A single mother can't take the blame for everything 
and that she did it all herself. But there is no single mother. Well, there's one single mother that we know about, right? And that sing, that one single mother can get away with it by saying, uh, you know, I didn't have no help. I did this immaculate, immaculate conception, right? That's the only single mom I know that could say something like that. Other than that, you know, according to according to people's interpretation of the that situation, we all know that there is no single mom without a seed from a man. So, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So then, who's responsible for these single moms? If the woman can't impregnate herself, she got to be getting this seed from somewhere. So who's she getting these seeds from? Well, it's got to be a male somewhere. Got to be a man around somewhere. If your daughter came up to you and said, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. It was an amount, but I haven't been with anyone. You're going to say, stop lying. You had to have been with someone. She said, no, 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 no. It was an immaculate, immaculate conception. Uh-uh. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. There's a man somewhere, somewhere, some way responsible for this situation. Who is it? We want to go meet his people. We want to meet him and his people. Right? That's what the average person would say. Single moms don't just pop up. They don't. So how we so 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 now we have established that they can't be self created. They have to have some uh help. They have to have single moms have to have some type of um some type of um what's the word I'm looking for? Some type of assistance to be able to create these children. So where do they get this assistance from? They get it from you. They get it from you, brother. In a black community, we're 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 trying to run through all these women and we're creating these single mothers and we just saying, hey, I don't want no parts to have no children. But let me show you what happens when you give a woman your your essence. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the legal ins and outs of it. Because it's proven. Once you, once you turn over possession of your essence to a woman, the woman now has the right to use that essence for what it was, for its intended purpose which is for fertilizing an egg. Once you turn over the possession of your essence, it now belongs to her. That possession is nine-tenths of ownership, right? The possession, you gave it to her. Now it belongs to her to do with whatever she feels like doing with it. And if she feels like fertilizing her eggs with it, then she can do that. Whether your intention was to fertilize an egg or not, that is irrelevant. 
Once you gave her your essence, she can now use it for its intended purpose, which is fertilizing eggs. Hold on, we're not going to stop there. We're going to keep going. Once the egg is fertilized, then once she, if, she's to, if she brings that baby to term uh, alive and well, guess who's on the hook for child support, child support payments if you're not with this lady? Go ask Sean Kemp. <laughs> Go ask Sean Kemp. Go ask Antoine Walker. Who's what's what's another guy that got bankrupt? Just about. I mean, so many guys, so many guys just got. They're making. They have all these millions of dollars, and they just just child. They just get killed in child support. Eight or nine children. You just get destroyed in child support. And everybody wants more money, more money, more money, more money, more money, more money, more money. Can you imagine eleven? Eight or nine, or ten, eleven women constantly dragging you back to court saying, I need more money and more money and more money and more money and more money. But you guys out there doing it. Because I'm saying to you, I'm, I'm, I'm putting you on blast, black man. I'm putting you on blast. You out here trying to smash anything moving. And instead of focusing on um, instead of focusing on your getting your your financial future, you're focusing on these women. That's okay. I mean, do it. I wish you would listen to me, but if you don't, that's fine. An ugly cat like me would just pass you right on by. Get all the pussy you can. As much pussy as you can carry. I'm going to walk right past you going to get this money. Because I ain't spending no time on trying to get no pussy. Not zero. Zero time on that. I'm going to let you guys do that. I'm going to be out here trying to make it, get it, and make it, and then and get it, make it, and then put it where it needs to be so that my family is taken care of and my loved ones are taken care of. And then repeat process. But some of y'all, man, you know, because y'all got to, you know, I got to sleep with all these different women. For what? For what? That mentality has got us here where we got all these single black, single moms in the black community. That's, that's, that mentality has got us here. Bro, if you guys would stop Hitting them, they would, man, if you adopted a new philosophy, black people, black man, single mothers would dry up like the Sahara Desert. There wouldn't be nobody to hit them off. They would have to change. They would have to get their act together. They would have to come in and they would have to drop this women's empowerment thing and just take only the pieces from women's empowerment that helps them in their careers and helps them in their safety with um, their personal safety. When they, once they come in their own home, they can put that, they can leave, they can hang that up like a coat and go into their traditional roles, but they don't have to do traditional roles because y'all are so thirsty for these women, man, that they don't have to act right. 
They don't have to. Why do, why do they have to do anything that makes sense, right? Why do they have to treat anybody good? Why do they have to do anything good for anybody? Why do they have to be a good person? They don't even have to be. They don't even have to learn how to be good people. They don't. Why? Because y'all keep hitting them. Giving them, the, giving them the thinking process that I still got it. I still got it. And it's and it's and it's sad. It's sad. You want to go through the Bible? It's Sunday. We want to hit it. Let's hit it a little bit. Revelations. There's a beast. There's a beast. And on this beast, there's a whore. A whore is sitting on top of a beast. How did the whore get on top of the beast? I don't know. A whore is on top of the beast. A whore is controlling this beast. The beast does the whore's bidding. So you could say, oh, well, In that scenario, we can we can say, well, let me let me go a little further. And the beast is mighty and it roars. And when it roars, the whole world shivers when this beast roars. And the and the horror sitting on top of the beast said, I sit as a queen and shall see no sorrow. But a man, a man, a living man popped up and said, Oh, you virgin daughter of Babylon, sit thou down in the dust. Wait, 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 bro, Clarence. What are you talking about? Well, I didn't write this book. I'm just quoting it. Okay, well, can you break something down for what you need? How can a how can a whore be a virgin at the same time? Can you break that down? How can a whore be a virgin at the same time? Well, it could mean two different points in life, two different stages, where the whore is embracing her sexual virility with her masculine frame because you got to have a masculine frame to be riding on top of this beast, right? So she got to have a masculine framework that she's working with. And she don't mind being sexual with whoever she wants to be. Right? And the beast... Beast is like the family court. Beast is like the U.S. government. They support the whore no matter what. They support the whore. They don't never, They no matter what happens with the whore and any form she take, the beast will support this whore. That's why the, 
That's why the whore talks the way she talks. She talks strong because she know that the beast is backing her. She got a problem. She pick up the phone. Police, come help me. Government, come help me. Get this man out of my house. Get this man out of my life. Family court, help me. So she got the backing of the beast. But a man, a man is coming. A man is coming that says, oh, you virgin daughter of Babylon. Why? How's she a virgin? What's she a virgin of? She's a virgin because she she doesn't have no virtue. She's a virgin in virtue. And she ain't never been touched. In fact, meaning like she ain't never, she she ain't never been the truth. They ain't never been hit. She ain't never been hit with the truth. So she's a virgin to the truth. Everybody's so scared to address her because of the beast. The beast is so ominous that nobody will address her. And the people that do address her, they run and hide because that when the beast growl, they run, they scatter. But one man didn't go nowhere. The beast roar don't even scare him. And the question is asked, who can make war with this beast? Who can make war with this beast? Who can go up against the family court system? Who? Who can go up against the U.S. government? Who? But the man said, I am able. I'm able. Why? How is this man able? Is he big and strong? It's not that he's big and strong. He got a knowledge. He got a superior knowledge. He got a knowledge that can knock the beast off, knock the beast, that can terminate the beast or Neutralize the beast's powers. The beast is ineffective. The whore has to get down, sit down in the dust. What does sit down in the dust mean? She got to sit down in the dust because that's where she got to sit down and eat her humble pie. She got to either learn how to be humble or that beast going to turn on her. What does that mean? What does that mean for us in the black community? Our woman, our, most of our, a lot of our women are backed by America. They're backed by the law enforcement and court uh, judicial um, branches of the government. They backed it's a beast. It's a beast to deal with. You're dealing with a beast. Right? Three-headed beast. Judicial, executive, legislative. You're dealing with a three-headed beast. The beast says, you can't, you can't even, you you are doing wrong if you say, I I don't want to go out with someone who weighs over X amount of pounds. 
I don't, I'm, I'm, you're shaming. And the beast will come and say, you're shaming this person. Don't do that. But if the same woman will turn around and say, I don't want to date no guy that's short. Perfectly okay. I don't want to date no guy that ain't got no money. Perfectly okay. Perfectly okay. They can shame you right out of your socks. Perfectly okay. Sexism at its fullest. Perfectly okay. Why? Because the beast will the peace the beast will do anything that this woman wants it to do because the woman will do stuff for the beast. The woman brings the beast a good return. Feeds the beast babies to be sent to the prison industrial complex. Plus more. Who's create who is responsible for creating single mothers in the black community? It's you, black man, it's you. So we gotta change your whole mental thinking. Now we gotta change you. We gotta say to you, hey, what are you doing, man? Now you gotta say to yourself, how what each one teach one. You gotta look at yourself. Stop looking at this man. Stop looking at that man. You got to look at yourself. What am I doing? What can I do to stop this epidemic? This is actually an epidemic. They should go to the, you should be able to go to the government and say, this government, in in, in a time of an epidemic or a pandemic, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to jump in and help and throw money at the situation so that we can help the situation. But the government ain't going to help the situation. Why? Because this woman's feeding the beast. Government's not going to help. When all those white people out there in the Midwest were getting caught up in the opioid epidemic, the white people, man, the, the government threw tons of money at that. Millions and millions of dollars at that situation to try to slow it down. Because they recognized it was bad for their 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 culture, their community. They don't look at it the same way when it comes to us. Oh man, you trying to say I, I'm not trying to say nothing. I'm just talking facts. I'm just talking facts. If they looked at it the same way, why are these record companies putting out records that promote violence between black men? Why are they doing that? Obviously for the financial gain they get out of it, but more so than that, they don't think about it as, they don't think about it as, I mean, they don't, you're not nobody to care about. Right? They look at it like, hey, you like it, I love it. As long as you ain't coming into my, as long as you ain't shooting up my house and my people, we're good. Right? Now, if I was a Jewish person, if I was a 
if I had if I had a record label and I had two Jewish artists promoting the killing of each other and killing other Jewish people, how long would I last before the JDL would come knocking on my door and the ADL would come knocking on my door? How long would I last? But we let these record companies get away. Let me say, man, Black Lives Matter, you guys got the floor. You guys got you guys got that big platform. You guys could put put next on your agenda. Go get go after these record companies that's promoting that those violence, the misogyny against the women and the violence against the black men. And the violence against the black men, women and children. A seven-year-old girl got shot to death. Got shot to death. Because we putting out records and we just keep going lower and lower and lower. And the record companies that's out here promoting that, they get paid more money and more and more money. Even YouTube. They should be promoting. They should be. They should be uh, protesting YouTube. YouTube will put these people uh, songs out here, and all they do is promote violence against black people. We're the only group of people, man, that they will actually do that with. What do you think would happen? If YouTube had black record label promoting violence against Jewish people, promoting violence against each other. How come YouTube don't have records where white people promoting violence against white other white people? They shut that down. They'll kick them off. How come they don't have people that's, uh, they don't have uh, 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 songs talking about violence against Asians, violence against Latinos, or violence against, they don't have, they don't have the only genre that they have that talks about violence against black people is us. They won't even shut that down. They won't even say, hey, man, this is against the policy. But you take off people like uh, Minister Farrakhan, who ain't even promoting violence against nobody. Not even promoting violence against nobody no of no color. But you take off Minister Farrakhan. It's such a bad, it's such, it's such hypocrisy. It's such hypocrisy, but I'm trying to show you, I'm trying to show you guys where we're at. We don't have time to put mess around chasing women. The situation is so bad, man. We don't have time. Open your eyes. Open your eyes and see. We stretching these black women out, man. We using up their sexual market value and then we throwing them away. 
We ain't marrying them. And I don't, and I don't, I'm not saying you should marry. No man should really, in my, in my opinion, everybody has their own opinion. I, I consider myself a marriage mentor. I've been married 31 years. I've been through ups and downs, ins and outs. If I haven't done it personally, I've heard about it being done. Bad, something bad happening. I've been through a, a lot. So I personally don't feel like any man should be married before the age of 40. You don't really have the mental clarity and the, and the, and the, most of the time, the financial wherewithal to be able to protect yourself in case the thing goes bad. You're just not ready for a marriage. I'm not saying you ain't ready for it. You, you're ready for a long-term relationship. Do a long-term relationship first. Then, then we marry. Because that's, in today's situation, man, you marrying somebody before you're ready. See, what happens is you guys want to marry somebody before you're ready. You want to want it. This person, the girl that you you like this girl or you care about her, you love her, she wants marriage. You don't necessarily want it, but you want to want it because that's what she wants and you want her to get what she wants. But you really, in deep inside, you don't want that. That's not what you want. So you marry her anyway. And then once you marry her, you still got the same cravings that you had before, which is you want new friends, female friends. That ain't going to work in no marriage, man. That ain't going to work. See, in today's, in today's world, you have to learn monogamy. You have to learn how to do people. Be monogamous, and if you never saw how how it's done, how are you gonna learn as a man? How are you gonna learn? You got all these people out here telling you, "I got the best way to tell you how to cold approach women. I got the best way to tell you how to smash a bunch of women." I got, and they focus you so much. They focus you so much on women, and I think that's great. If you're not black, if you're not black, that's great. You got all the time to wear the waist. Why? Because all those other cultures, the women will go to them automatically first, and they know where they're supposed to be at culturally. Uh, they know where they're supposed to be at culturally. They get kicked enough to the side, they say, hmm, they, they, they start doing the computations in their head saying, I must not be presenting a good case for this man to want to marry me because he ain't offering to marry me. They get it after a while. But what happened? Most people, but, but in the black community, most black women never get it. Why? Because the women empowerment movement comes in and they tell the, the women empowerment movement is the ace up their sleeve that they can blame everything on some man. They can say it's men. It's men. It's just it's just a bad batch of men out there. And the men are just no good. That's why I can't find a good man. Because the men are no men are all no good. 
no other, no other really other, you don't hear no other race of people doing that except white people and black men, black women, excuse me, white women and black men, women. And even it's the the more the smarter of the black of the white women, hey, where are the white women at? Even the smarter of the white women will say to themselves, "Hey, I, I need to take another look at this situation because you can play for a little while. But now you get up to twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, not ma- unmarried." And God forbid you have a child or two in tow. Very difficult to to consider yourself high uh, high on the apple tree. People are gonna go way up there to try to get at you. Most men, I'm just telling you the truth. Most men consider single moms low hanging fruit. Just, just the reality of it. You're a hater. I'm not a hater. Don't, don't kill the messenger. I'm just a messenger. I'm just telling you how men think about it. That's why you should try not to engage yourself. But I was divorced. Men, a man, men are not going to care. I mean, it'll make a little difference, but I mean, most men are not going to care. Most men are looking to start their own families. I mean, it's a sad it's a sad commentary, but it's the reality of the situation. Single moms are just most men don't look at it that way. That hey, this is a liability. I'm taking on another person's liability here. So what have we got to what have we got? What have we got here? We got a situation where we're in the black community, man. You got single mom, single motherhood exploding. It's exploding. It's absolutely just going bananas. It's going off the rails. It's probably going to get up to 90% at some point because of all the protections that is being given. And now you throw BLM in the, in the, in the mix. You got something against BLM? Not really. Not really. I don't. I mean, if they have affected, if they had done some, if they have done some good for some people, Hey, that's good. I just understand that they're not, we as black men can't look to them for help in our situation. They're not, they were never set up to help us. They were head up to help. They were here to help set up. They were here set up to help black women, the LBGTQ community, X, A, B, C, D, E, F, G community. And, um, to help those two people, single moms and uh, to get all of them, that, that whole community to vote Democrat. That's what they get in return for helping them. 
I mean, I'm just spitting facts. If I'm if I'm saying something that is wrong, anybody come and check me on it. But here it is. I can I'm I'm saying stuff that's just like but see I know nobody wanna hear it because black men don't want to hear the truth. Just like black women don't want to hear the truth. Black women do not want to hear the truth. That hey, you know what? If y'all would just stop doing laying down with all these men, it would slow down a single mother rate. But if I can get the men to stop chasing after y'all, we could we could stop this thing just like that overnight. We can slow this down right now overnight. See, marriages are are we're 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 not marrying as as fast as we were once were. We're not staying together as family as we once were. And so, what's the difference between single? Parenthood and families. Families, man, are more together. Families learn how to be together. Even in the midst of trying times, you have to still love this person. See, when people divorce, man, trying times come, but somebody just divorced you, they don't know how to they don't know how to love you through that trying times. I've been married thirty one years, man. You got you gonna have some trying times with somebody, man. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, even in a long term relationship. Nobody's perfect, man. People make mistakes. You may find some questionable material on your girlfriend's phone or your wife's phone or whatever. You may find something questionable because, man, you know you never know. That's why you should always have. The inner peace of knowing, no matter what this person does, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Whether they stay with me for 50 years or whether they come in today and say, you know what, guess what? I was in the store. I was shopping. I ran into the love of my life. We connected right there in the groceries, uh, in, 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 the, in the frozen food aisle. And now I'm going to move out and go live with this person. Cool. Or I love you so much, I'm going to stay with you. Cool. Either way, I'm going to be okay. Either way. Financially, emotionally, everything. I'll be okay because I don't, I never think, see, most of y'all think of your wife or your girlfriend as a possession. This is mine. Don't no woman belong to you. Not in this society. They don't belong to you. Just because they got your last name. I'm going to tell you another thing that you, you, you know, this is a red flag, bro. If you marry a woman and she puts a hyphen, she puts her last name and then a hyphen and then your last name, <laughs> you might as well start preparing for the divorce now. Because sooner or later, she's going to walk away from you. Sooner or later. The hyphen is to let people know that she's not in a traditional situation. That's what the hyphen is for. She ain't no sucker. When you see her name, she's still a feminist. Because only I notice only feminists do that. That's what I noticed. And we all know how. See, 
being married to a feminist, you have to, if you're going to marry a feminist, you have to, you have to have some feminine, you have to have, be feminine yourself as a man. You have to have some feminine traits because they, they have that, they, the feminists have masculine uh, energy. You're going to have to offset that masculine energy. If you have masculine energy and she has masculine energy, you're going to bump heads. Bam, bam, bam. So you're not going to be able to be in a relationship with her with that masculine energy unless you, she's not going to stop with the masculine energy. So you have to offset that masculine energy with feminine energy. That way she will, it will, it will, it will work to some degree. Here's the problem. At some point, at some point, she's going to out in the real world, run into somebody who's masculine. And she's going to say, man, I wish I had a man in my life that was strong like that. Then she's going to come home to you with your feminine framework. And it's going to be. That's going to be the start of the end. And sooner or later, she's going to lose respect for you. If you always saying yes, and you always letting her get her way. A woman can't respect that. They just can't respect that. Hold on one second, y'all. Let me just check something real quick here. Okay. All right. Yeah, a woman's not going to respect you. A woman is not going to respect you if you're always giving it her way. You're going to have to learn how to say no. That's part of that's part of being a grown up. You have to you have to learn how to say no sometimes. And sometimes you got to say no to people that you love the most and you love. You don't want to see them cry. You don't want to see them hurt. But sometimes you got to tell them stuff that's going to hurt them. Sometimes you got to say stuff that they don't want to hear. But if you can do that and do it properly, they can learn that they can trust you in most occasions. They can trust you. That builds trust. And that's what you want in a relationship. But the one thing you need the most in a relationship, more than anything, more than love, more than money, more than anything, you have to have respect. Respect is the baseline of any relationship. And I don't teach no relationships, but I should, I'm supposed to be teaching on who's responsible for black mothers. I know who's responsible. It is black men. Black men, you are responsible for creating single mothers in the mass numbers that they're in. And only you can stop it. Only you can stop it. Black women don't have no power to stop it because they are, like I said before, they are like Darwin said, they they are they are selective reprodu- reproductives. They are they they select they do selective reproducing. Meaning that they're gonna pick the person that they want to reproduce with, or at least have a, a reproductive encounter with. They're selective about it. 
They don't just take anybody. They se- they're selective. Right? That means how are they going to do the selecting? That means a competition must be maybe a, some type of way they have to have a way to select one over the other. And how do they, how do, how would they do that? Well, since you as a male, you don't have to physically compete with another male, meaning that you don't have to physically confront a male physically. She will use economics to uh, have you to have you compete economically with another male. I just was listening to a video where discussing where a guy took a girl out and spent $50,000 on the first date. Where do you go from there? If you spent $50,000 on the first date, where do you go from there? Where where do you go from there? What is the what how much do you spend on the second date? I thought every date was supposed to be an improvement. But you set the bar so high. Twenty dates, and you spent a million dollars on this girl, just to be in her presence. Yo, man, y'all go ahead and do it. Y'all go ahead and do it. Cause I'm gonna be the tortoise. You be the hare, and I'll be the tortoise. You be the hair. Get all the pussy you can carry. Go get it. I'm going to cheer you on. Meanwhile, I'm going to just be creeping right past you. But go get it. Smart people will say, ah, I see the philosophy that he's talking about. That makes sense. Why chase women? It's a colossal waste of time. It's a colossal waste of time. Oh, you married, man? How you get to? I, I said, doesn't matter if I'm married or not. You know, married men that's chasing women. It's irrelevant. Whether you married or not, chasing women is irrelevant. It's ridiculous. It, it doesn't make no sense. The best thing for you to do. Is to chase your resources. Like I'm going to do. That I'm doing. I'm That's what I'm doing. I'll chase the resources. Let other guys chase the women. But then, then, you know, I might lose my girlfriend. So you lose her. So what? A better one to come on. See, but they, these girls got you convinced, man, that you ain't you can't do no better than them. And like Kevin Samuel said, man, most of them are in disguise, brother. It's not their hair. It's not their eyelashes. not their nails. not their body. Not their clothes. Not nothing. <laughs> they just out there, brother. And you chasing them, man. You chasing them. Like a hound dog circling a, 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 a slaughterhouse. You just keep on chasing, keep on chasing. 
I'm saying that I'm saying that women are not it's not that they I'm not saying they're worthy. Whether they're worthy or not is irrelevant. What's relevant is that they are not um they shouldn't be a focal point. We went over in the Bible, man, about when women is a focal point, man, what happens? Adam listened to Eve. Look what happened to him. Samson listened to Delilah. What happened to him? Jacob listened to his mother. Look what happened to him. Look what happened to the people around him. Lot almost listened to his wife. Look what happened to her. David wanted a man's wife. Look what happened to that man. Abraham listened to his wife. Look what almost happened to Isaac. I mean, so many examples out there, man. So many examples out there. And I just I just reference the Bible, man. A lot of you guys probably don't believe in the Bible or whatever. I don't I mean it doesn't really matter, but it just it, even if you don't look at it as a religious book, you can just look at it as just stories of men who listen to women and it went bad at some point for somebody in the mix. Black men, you are responsible for creating a situation and the, the, the side effects that come with it. What are some side effects that come with single mothers in the black community? Joblessness. A lot of these single mothers are being assisted by the beast or the government. The government is assisting these women. And that's fine for a little while. But the, the idea was in the beginning, this would be a help. Put them up until they found the right man to come in. and But they never found that man because once they got the once they get the the sustenance from the government they let the government be the beast they were sitting on they don't need no man see when you out here making your own money and you doing your own thing which is cool that's a good thing but you're going to be less inclined to say to negotiate a a relationship, you're going to be less inclined to be motivated to negotiate into a relationship. Why? Because you already you're already getting your needs met. You're getting your needs met. I don't have to go into that. See, welfare was supposed to be a short term fix, 
while a woman got herself together and got married. That was that was what it was proposed to do. We all know in, in actuality what welfare it did it, welfare did exactly what it was supposed to do. One, it was supposed to get rid of the man out of the house, and two, it was supposed to provide a steady stream of prisoners into the prison industrial complex, and that's exactly what it does. So it does its job. But we are we are participants in this situation. And I'm saying we need to un we need to unsubscribe. Unfollow. Stop it. Would you imagine what would happen to social media if every black man just said, forget it. We getting off of YouTube. We getting off of we getting off of uh uh IG, we getting off of Twitter, we getting off of everything. Black men just disappeared from all of this social media. What kind of signal that would send? We should have a day of protest where none of us is, none of us will be seen on social media. None of us will be seen or heard from. But you know who would give us up? The thirsties. The thirsties, man. The white knights and the thirsties, man. They would give us up. The Captain Saver, you know what's? The white knights, the thirsties. They would give us up. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do what we we need to do to take this situation and and correct it. Well, I'm gonna tell you, black man, you could continue on with this situation if you want to, but it's not a good look. It's not a good look. You're gonna have to at some point address your. fact that you want all these women and and the situation it's creating you have to address this sooner or later I can't be the only idiot out here talking about it with no views <laughs> no views and no nobody wants to you know nobody wants to talk about it maybe I go like everybody else man I start throwing rocks at black women man and then I get I build up a following Maybe that's what I should do. Nah, I'm going I'm to I'm stick to my guns, man. If this message is supposed to get out, it'll get out. If there's a market for people that really want to hear the truth, they'll listen. If not, they won't. It's okay. But we just telling the truth. I'm just telling the truth. Okay. So now we we've clearly laid out the case that single motherhood is not the responsibility of black women. It is solely the black men's fault. He needs to get his act together. So how now we come up with solutions? How can we curb the single mother situation in the black community? How can we slow it down, make some changes? What can we do? Well, the first thing we can do is stop impregnating all these women. If we would just stop impregnating all these women, man, that would that would slow the situation down dramatically. 
Stop impregnating these women and then expecting them to do something to protect you. No, you protect yourself at all times. You should be strapped and wrapped every time you go to the plate. You should never go to the plate not strapped and wrapped. Never. Never. I don't care if you mess with somebody 60 years old. You should never go strapped and you should unless the only time you should be going not strapped and wrapped if this woman got your last name. Other than that, if she don't have your last name, man, you going unstrapped, bad move. But that's why nobody listens to me. <laughs> that's why nobody listens to me, man, because I just give out good game, man. And, and I, But I'm a very unpopular person. People don't want to hear what I got to say, man, because I'm going to shoot you straight between the eyes. You going out here unstrapped is your fault. It's your fault. You having children out here and you ain't strapping yourself to strapping yourself down. It's your fault. It's not the woman's fault. But I know, but women got all these different things they can do. Doesn't matter. Once you turn over I told you. Once you relinquish possession of your essence, your water of life, once you relinquish that over possession of that to the female. It now belongs to her. She can then use that water of life for its intended purpose and fertilize her egg. And once she does that, you are on the hook. I don't care what she told you. She told me this and that. You think a court is going to hold her to what she said when she's carrying a newborn baby around that needs milk, diapers, food, formula, whatever, and whatever else? They're going to go straight to you. And make you go ahead and pay for it. It is what it is. Black men, unfortunately, man, you just you just in a bad situation. And if you don't if you don't learn how to control your sexual desires to the point where you can say, you know what? I'll get to the sex later. My money comes first. My money comes second. My money comes third. My family comes after that. And then if a woman wants to spend some time with me on a physical level, I'm open to it, but I definitely ain't going to go chase her down for it. But I'm going to miss out on all this pussy. Yeah, you are. But you're probably going to miss out on a lot of uh, frivolous accusations, and you're probably going to miss out on a lot of unplanned pregnancies too. Yeah. So we're in an age, man, where just an accusation can put you underwater, brother, forever. Solution number two. Stop cold approaching women. Stop cold approach. Stop approaching them. Hey, baby, you know you you got the time. Oh, baby, you looking good today with that nice dress on. Man, you made me so happy. I got out of bed just to see you in that dress. Uh uh-uh. uh uh uh. Uh uh. No more. 
especially on the job, especially on the job, no, no more. Why? Because that's going to put you in situations where you're going to end up pumping and sweating in the shed. Don't do it. And you're going to be, that time you're going to be using to set up that situation is wasted time. Most women are a bad investment. All you're going to get out of it is a sexual situation. No, 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 no. No, no. Stop cold approaching women. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you get, you think Michael Jordan got to cold, go out and cold approach women? You think Magic Johnson had to go out and cold approach women? You think Kobe Bryant had to go out and cold approach women? You think Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos got to go out and cold approach women? No, they don't. The best of the best of the best go after them. Because they know already the deal. They know this man ain't got a lot of time, a lot of hours to play games. They're working 60, 70 hours. Like I said before, these guys making millions of dollars a year or even hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. They're working 70 hours a week, man. They ain't got, they ain't got no time to be playing. You don't, you don't make hundreds of thousands of dollars a, a year working just 40 hours. Get off on Friday and go back on Monday. You know. You're working almost all the time. And if, all they got to do is pick up the phone and call. Hey, we got a plane waiting for you. You got to go fly to this place or that place. That's how it go. Are you ready to deal with somebody like that? As a woman? Anyway. Back to us as black men. You're going to have to disappear, man. You're going to have to do another solution. You're going to have to disappear from all these dating apps. Just vanish. Man, but I saw I'm getting most, I'm getting all of my, I want to be desired. Yeah, I know you want to be desired. But it ain't going to happen. It might not happen. Or it might happen. Even if, let's say you're getting desired. Let's say all these women are trying to spend time with you and you going out with all, all these dates with all these different women. Bro, that's time you wasting. But I say, for me, I, I say that you leaving more money on the table for me. I just got to figure out how I'm going to get it. No problem. Man, take all the pussy you can carry. That's fine with me. Because in the end, all you're going to have is your memories of that pussy, and I'm going to have money. I'm going to have my wife. I'm going to have my bank account. I'm going to have my family. I'm going to have the, God, the, 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 the virtues. And the God in me. I'm going to have all that. So I'm going to be straight. And if a woman finds me. Just like God set that woman to find Adam. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. God will send somebody that I need to find me. If I'm not, I won't. That's no problem. I must ain't doing what I'm supposed to be doing. If ain't no woman going to come and find me, you know, I'm talking about a woman that I need. I ain't got time to be looking for no woman, man. You And you as a black man, you ain't got time to be looking for no woman. You ain't got time to do that. But I make $100,000 a year. I make $200,000. I make $350,000 a year. Then go on in. 
Go on then. Go on. Y'all don't listen to me anyway. Go on and go on and do it. But you see me slide right past you. Because <laughs> I'm going to get them resources. It is what it is. Let me give you guys my final thoughts. Oh, well, first, yeah, let me give you my final thoughts. Okay, my final thoughts are this. If black men are making all these single mothers, then we got to stop black men. We got to get the, we got to talk. We got to get black men to stop doing it. And how would, how are they going to stop doing it? They got to stop with the pathology thinking of I got to smash through everything moving. That's a, that's a dangerous way to think in 2020, 2021. That's a danger. It's dangerous. Women are not, women are not the same as they were 20 years ago. They're just not. They have a whole different ball game. And they, like I said, the beast is backing them up. They can wait 20 years and say something. They can wait 10, 15, 20 years and, and say, oh, you had sexual misconduct with me. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. Just the accusation alone, that's what has a problem. Once they act, maybe once they make the accusation, you done just about. You got to spend so much money trying to protect yourself. It's crazy. Anyway, we got major problems in the black community. Most of them are stemming from single parent situation, specifically single motherhood. It is out of control. It is out of control. And we need to fix it. Black men, not the government, not white men, not no other men, us, black men, we need to fix it. White men ain't coming to us saying, hey, we got a, we got a single mother problem. Black men, we need y'all to help you. We need y'all to help us fix it. They ain't coming to us for our help to fix their single motherhood problem. They trying to do it on their own. We need to do the same on this end. Stop going after all of these women. Stop it. It's a dangerous situation. But I know, man, 99, y'all ain't gonna, y'all ain't listening. That's okay. I'm doing my job. I'm here. And for those of you that want me to talk to me about marriage, you, 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 you really want to go see a counselor, go see a counselor. They could tell you, yeah, this, I can tell you the real about marriage. I'll tell you the real, and I'll tell you whether you should do it or not. I'll do it. I'll do an evaluation on you. And I'll tell you whether you should do it or not. And then I'll tell you how to, I'll tell you what to do. If you have premarital assets, what you should do. I'll tell you all of that. I'll save you hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars on the back end. If you come and sit down and talk to me, I'm a marriage mentor. Trust me. I can tell you. If I haven't got, if I haven't gone through it, I've I got somebody I got a friend or a relative that has been through it. Anyway, that's my time for this week. Questions, thoughts, what do you say? 
you know, you figure it out. But like I said, any questions, you can contact me and let's sit down and talk about it. Let's sit down and talk about it. Anyway, let me got let me give you guys the old school set and then we out of here. The old school set for today is Rock and Roll Gangster by Alon. And uh go check that out, man. That's a pretty good song. Old school. Um yeah, that's it. So we're gonna wrap it up. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys uh looking at my content. Maybe you didn't see it live, but you came in later and took a look at it. Appreciate that. If you want me to talk on any kind of topic, let me know. Um till then, till next time. I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Oh yeah, and never be the aggressor. Never be the aggressor. Peace.